0: What is your affliction here this morning? What seems to be my affliction that I'm desperate, I've had enough, I'm surrendering, I'm submitting, and then God says, okay, I answer your prayer. God answers prayer when you're broken, He'll answer your prayer. I love that.
1: I am falling. I am in love. I am in love. I am in love with you. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. It's good to have you with us today for our continuing study of the prophet Jonah's unconventional ministry. Today as Roll outlines Jonah's three-day experience in the belly of a giant fish, you'll see that God, in His mercy, goes to great lengths to get our attention and bring us into alignment with His perfect will. Today's lesson is titled, Running from God's Call. Let's listen as Roll Reese takes us through God's Word.
0: Well, if you have your Bible, turn to the book of Jonah, chapter 2. Amazing, amazing book. I want to learn from Jonah because Jonah has so much to say. We have to remember that when Jonah got called by the Lord, he headed the opposite way. Believe it or not, he went from Joppa to Spain 2,000 miles away when God had called him only 500 miles away. So it shows you his rebellion against God. And I think that many times in our own personal lives, whatever God has called you to do, you have to kind of step back and say, Lord, is this what you want me to do? But a lot of times when God speaks, we don't want to listen to what he has to say to us. And when I remember the first time I got called, I'm like Jonah, I started running away. But there was something in my heart that was burning when I got saved that I had to surrender, just like Jonah's going to have to surrender. And when you surrender, it's a different life. Because now you know that you're not running from God, but now you're running toward God. And God's a solution. God is the only one that can help you. God is the only one that can bless you. And God's the only one that can heal you from whatever you're going through in your own personal life. So Jonah learns how to pray. I think that prayer is so important in each one of our lives. I don't know how you pray or how many times you pray, or how many books you read in prayer. You don't really have to learn books about prayer. Man, the Psalms are full of prayer. You can read about David, the way he was down, he was up, he was in the middle, he was going through all these things in his life, but it always would come back to one thing, prayer. Always prayer. Even when you don't feel like praying, pray. And Jonah was a type of a person that when he not only came to the Lord, And was running away from God. You could see his heart. That he really didn't want to do what God called him to do. Number one. He hated the people that God called him to go to. 500 miles away. Nope. I'll take 2,000 miles away. And we all do things that we shouldn't be doing because we don't like that person or we don't want to do this, we don't want to do that. But if we break and we submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, it becomes very easy to do that. We can't hate. We have to love. And we're all guilty of that. I don't know if you're here today and you're running away from God. You're hiding from God. You don't want to really do what God called you to do. A lot of times we think that by going to church, everything's going to be all right. But a lot of times the Lord brings us to church to gather together as a body of Christ, as family. But also he brings us to church because he wants us to hear what he has to say to each one of us individually. Why? Because every one of us are in a different situation. And I guess God is so awesome the way he answers prayer. He says that the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Now, it doesn't say that it was a shark or a whale. It says a fish, a great fish. We don't know what it was. But we know that God had a purpose, shows that God's in control of the seas. God is in control of the universe. God is in control of everything. He was using this great fish to accomplish his will in Jonah's life. And it's so awesome when I was reading that again, I can't believe what God will use to break us so that we can align ourselves with the perfect will of God in my life. Also, here is a picture Of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Three days, three nights. We find Jonah in the belly of this great fish for three days and three nights. It took him three days to repent. To pray. So you see how hard he was in his heart. He's willing to be stubborn to the point that he's going 2,000 miles away instead of 500 miles. And his picture is this. That he's called by God to go to the Gentiles and proclaim the gospel to them. And God is saying, you go and you tell them about me. And he goes, I'm not going anywhere. I hate them. And God says, you're going to go because I've called you. And no matter what I have to do, you will go. And it's true. He went. Watch what happens. Beginning here in chapter 2, verse 1. He says, then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the fish's belly. He doesn't say a shark or a whale. He says, from the fish's belly. Now, can you imagine Jonah already in the fish, not only rolling around on that seaweed, but three days and three nights he doesn't call upon the name of the Lord. And it's like, what is it going to take for God to break you and to break me before you surrender? For whatever your problem may be, whatever your rebellion may be. For sure you want to make sure you're doing it according to God's will, not according to your will. Sometimes when God does something in our lives and we're stubborn and we're hard-hearted, sometimes it hurts when God steps in. That's why Hebrews chapter 12 was written about chastening. And As I read this verse 1, not only we see Jonah in the fish's belly, but Jonah prays now. He begins to pray. We begin to see his will breaking. We begin to see him frustrated. We begin to see him that even though he doesn't really want to call upon the name of the Lord, he's doing it. He says, Lord, if you want me to go, okay, I will go. But you know that I don't want to go. And probably that's why I'm in this fish. He begins to recognize that he's rebelling against God. I don't know about this morning what you're facing, what you're going through. But here we see that God's instrument to do His will is not only having this great fish prepared, and God directing this fish before Jonah is thrown out of the boat, And when Jonah's thrown out, immediately God's purpose, God's will, is here where Jonah begins to go down into the deep of the ocean, thinking he's going to drown. And God has this fish that comes along and swallows him for three days and three nights. And God directs him where God wanted him to go. And what does he do? He vomits him out. Throws him out of the belly of the fish. Look what he says. Verse 2. And then he said, Jonah... I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction. He was being afflicted. What I saw here is that here we have a broken Jonah. A broken Jonah. Lord, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction. And what? He answered me. Underline that. God answers prayer when you're broken. He'll answer your prayer. I love that. The here at Jonah not only started with rebellion, but now as we see verse 2, we see a desperate person praying and saying, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction. He answered me, and out of the belly of hell, I cried out and heard my voice. He was in this belly of this great fish, which is a picture of Sheol or hell. 98.6 98.6 degrees humidity in the belly of the fish. Imagine that. You ever been in a place like that when it's humid as you can do, really? There's no fresh air, there's nothing, only humidity. It's incredible when you begin to see what he says here that he said, I cried out, uh, what? The will being in submission to who? To the Lord. The will has to be broken. My will has to be broken. In order to call upon the name of the Lord. And it says in verse 2 again. I cried out to the Lord. Because of what? Because of my affliction. What is your affliction here this morning? Step back and you can answer that question. What seems to be my affliction? That I'm desperate. I've had enough. I'm surrendering. I'm submitting. And then God says. Okay. I answer your prayer. I'm answering your prayer now. And out of the belly of Sheol, I cried and he heard my voice. I love that. I love the way he does it here. In the belly of hell, I cried out to you, notice, and you heard my voice. He was desperate. What seems to be your desperation here this morning? In that desperation, there has to be brokenness brokenness in my life pride is a disaster in people's lives it will kill you it will destroy you and a lot of times we don't think we have pride but people can see what you don't see in your life well God sees more than people see in your life and that's why he gave us the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is there to convict us to convict us of what our sins Because in the Gospel of John, he talks about conviction in chapter, remember, 16. And what's really cool about conviction, that it's not your wife, it's not the husband, it's not the children, it's not your neighbor. The Holy Spirit is saying, listen to me. Listen to me. Stop doing that. If you don't stop doing that, this is the consequences that you're going to suffer.
1: This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Visit us at somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165. You can also join Rawl on his YouTube channel Tuesdays at 10 a.m. West Coast time for Straight Talk, a program with biblical guidance for godly living. Now let's return to today's lesson, Running from God's Call.
0: And here Jonah is suffering the consequences of his pride. And God took him and put him in the vicious belly for him not only to experience what hell might be like. And he says, now I came to the place, Lord, I surrender. And you heard my voice. God hears. God listens. He says, you cast me into the deep. He recognizes where his chastening came from. He knows as God. You cast me into the deep. Notice that. He recognizes one thing. God is in control of my life. Into the heart of the seas, plural. And the floods surround me. So he's given a description what he was facing, what he was going through. But the most important thing, he says, you cast me into the deep. You're in control, God, of my life. When I try to disobey God, I'm being disobedient to God. But God is still in control of my life. So what does he do if I'm not obeying God? He spanks me to get me back to him. And if I don't hear, he'll spank me again. You don't win. I don't win. God wins all the time. You got to realize that. The best thing to do is to submit, to surrender, to repent before God. So that God can begin to bless you. God can begin to speak to you. And God can begin to use your life powerfully because of who he is. And then he continues, all your billows and your waves pass over me. He is so deep in that ocean that he knows that, hey, I'm pretty far down and you're way up there. But God got some way up there. God was right there with Jonah. Jonah, I'm dealing with you. When are you going to surrender? When are you going to break? Verse 4. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight. Notice how many times I feel like this in my own personal life when I disobey God. I feel like I've been cast out of your sight. That means I've grieved the Holy Spirit of God. Because we have the Holy Spirit. And when we sin and we don't obey You feel like you've been cast out of God's side because you actually say, well, why isn't God speaking to me any longer? It's not that God's not speaking. You're not listening to God. But when you listen to God, you'll hear the voice of God every time by faith. When you open your Bible, God will speak to you. And when he speaks to you, you're going to be blown away what he has to say to each one of us individually. He goes on to say this. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. He's looking east toward the holy temple. He knows where Jerusalem is in the belly of this fish. He says, Lord, I know you're there in Jerusalem. Verse again, 4. And yet I will look toward your holy temple. And remember, in the New Testament, in Paul's epistle to the Corinthians, he says, no, you not that you're the temple of God. And if any man defile the temple of God, God himself shall destroy that person. That person, he says. So here's Jonah. Verse 5. The waters surround me. Notice, surround me. Even to my soul, the deep closed around me. I'm drowning. Weeds were wrapped around my head. Can you imagine that picture? He's in the belly of this great fish. The actual seaweed is wrapped around his head and probably around his whole body. And he's not only going back and forth, he probably threw up a lot of times. And imagine, here he is, and he says, Lord, I surrender. I give up. I want to go where you want me to go. So he says, verse 6, I went down to the roots of the mountains. Man, he is down, way down there. God took him to the gates of hell. Think about that. To the gates of hell. The earth is bars or its gates closed behind me forever. He thought God is not going to deliver me. I'm dust. I'm done. I'm done, God. I can see it. I can feel it. And I'm right here waiting for you to answer. Yet, you have brought up my life from this pit. He begins to say, God. You are in control. You are in control, God. Yet you have brought up my life from the pit, the place of hell. Oh, Lord, my God. Personal relationship. Notice that. Loving God. You are my Lord. You are my God. And so we see Jonah in this place. Yet. You have brought my life from the pit, O Lord my God. And when my soul fainted within me, I remember the Lord. What does he remember? Forgiveness. What is he doing? In verse 7, he's coming and looking for God's forgiveness. And God's forgiveness can only come when there is what? Repentance. Repentance. Otherwise, there's no forgiveness. When you repent, you're turning in a 180 degree turn and you're going to the cross of Jesus Christ. No more world. No more of what you used to do before. And my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. He's looking toward Jerusalem, the holy temple in Jerusalem. But when you read the book of Revelation, the holy temple of God surrounded by the angels, surrounded by the prayer of the saints, and it's totally a different thing that we have even today. I love that. Into your holy temple, personal relationship with God. My prayer went up to you. Prayer, single. How are your prayers rising into the throne of God? What's going around the throne of God in your prayers? Verse 8. Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. So here he talks about the worthless idols. Idols have no value. No value. Remember when he was on the ship, those mariners had all these gods they were worshiping. And when the storm started, they start praying to their own gods and no answer came. And when they went down to Jonah, what was he doing? He was sleeping. Instead of praying, he's sleeping. They wake him up and said, hey, don't you care that we're sinking? Call upon your God and see what he can do. And because of Jonah being on that ship and the storm rising, those men came to know Jonah's God in his disobedience. And Jonah said what? He says, well, I'll tell you what the solution is. The reason the storm is because I'm running away from God, and if you take me and throw me overboard, everything will cease. And you know what happened when they threw me overboard? Everything ceased. But Jonah went down, and went down, and went down until God grabbed a hold of his life and put him in that big fish, and for three days and three nights, going all the way bottom to the hell, he says, all the way down. He says, those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. But I, Jonah, will sacrifice to you with my voice and thanksgiving. So he recognizes God. Notice again. But I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. Lord, I'm not asking for anything. I just want to thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. For everything you've done in my life. And I guess sometimes we have to do the same thing. The promises of God for us. And I will pay what I have about. Whatever you make promises to God. He expects you to keep your promises. That you're making to him. You got to pay. Look what he says. I will pay what I have about. How can we pay God? Hey, by being obedient. Salvation is of the Lord. The gift of God to each one of us individually is the free gift of salvation to each one of us individually. How do we do that? By repenting. By coming to Christ and saying, Lord, I have sinned against you. I've done this. I've done that. Please forgive me, cleanse me, and wash me by your precious blood. And guess what happens? He will do that. He will do that. And here Jonah is dealing with that in his own personal life. Salvation is of the Lord. He recognizes that the Lord is the only person that can save people. He's the only one, Jesus. And then, Jonah's freedom now. He says, So the Lord spoke to the fish. Imagine, who's in control? God's in control. To the fish, he created the fish. The Lord spoke to the fish. And it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Now, here it is. Jonah runs away. He gets thrown into the sea. He gets swallowed by a fish. And then he's on his way 2,000 miles away. And God says, you can't go anywhere you go. I will follow you until I break you. And what does he do? He uses a fish to break Jonah in the belly of the fish, and to bring him back and vomit him out, not in Jerusalem, not in Tel Aviv, not in Joppa, he throws him out right where God wanted him to go. Right where God wanted him to go. You don't want to go? I'll take you there. We see a person coming out of the fish's belly, broken. He doesn't look good, but he's broken. And I wonder for any one of us here if God truly has broken us in our own personality here. That you need to be broken in the presence of the Lord. To recognize that I'm not in control. To recognize that I can't run away from God. To recognize that the only way I become profitable to God is broken to God. To be broken. And when I am broken, then he can rebuild my life. He can pour himself into my life and he can do whatever he wanted to do. He can complete it in my life. By me studying, by me praying, by me fellowshipping. And by doing everything that I check in with God for whatever he wants me to do.
1: Well, nobody wants to go through trials or tribulations, but Jonah's experience reminds us that the Lord sometimes uses suffering to soften our hearts and guide us into His perfect plans. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. To review today's message, call 800-634-9165 and we'll send you an unedited copy for a donation of $5 or more. When you contact us, just ask for the lesson, Running from God's Call. Now, to encourage you in submitting to God, we'd like to tell you about Roll's four-lesson CD pack simply titled, Obey. It's a series that will challenge you to spend more time filling your heart and mind with the Word of God so that you can follow the Lord's will with trust, hope, and conviction. You'll see that when you submit to God's perfect purposes, He can enrich your life and use you in mighty ways for His kingdom. Visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165 to order Rawls four-lesson audio series, Exploring the Strength of Obedience. We'll send you this resource for a gift of $19 or more. Once again, our phone number is 800-634-9165. Or if you'd like, you can write us at Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. Don't forget, this is a listener-supported ministry, and we thank you so much for partnering with us to keep these Bible-based programs on the air. Every gift you give is tax-deductible. Monday, as we continue this series exploring Jonah's remarkable walk with God, you'll see how the Lord's pursuit of Jonah's obedience led to the spiritual revival of an entire city. I am in
0: love with you.
1: This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.